The chapter I contributed to 1 in 9 goes on beyond National Kidney Month, so since I think every day should be World Kidney Day, I decided to just keep printing it until it was finished. Gotcha. Bet you thought I was going to write every month should be National Kidney Month. Although, that's not a bad idea either. So, for those of you just tuning in, this is actually part 3 of that chapter. You can just scroll back on the blog to read the first two parts. Ready? Let's go. I realized I needed to rest, too. Instead of giving a lecture, running to an audition, and coming home to meet a deadline, I slowly started easing off until I didn't feel like I was running on empty all the time. The result was that I ended up graciously retiring from both acting and teaching at a local college, which gave me more time to work on my CKD awareness advocacy. But, I had to be oh so vigilant with other medical practitioners. One summer I had four different infections and had to quickly research the medications prescribed in the emergency room. One hospital insisted I could take sulfa drugs because I was only stage 2 at the time. My nephrologist disagreed. They also prescribed a painkiller with acetaminophen in it, another no-no for us. I didn't return to them when I developed the other infections. My experience demonstrates that you can slow down CKD. I was diagnosed at stage 3 and I am still there, over a decade later. It takes knowledge, commitment and discipline, but it can be done, and it's worth the effort. I'm sneaking up on 72 now and know this is where I want to spend my energy for the rest of my life, chronic kidney disease awareness advocacy. I think it's just that important. At the time of my diagnosis, I was a college instructor. My favorite course to teach was research writing. I was also a writer with an academic certificate in creative nonfiction and a bunch of publications under my belt. It occurred to me that I couldn't be the only one who had no clue what this new-to-me disease was and how to handle living with it. I knew how to research and I knew how to write, so why not share what I learned? I wasn't sure of what had to be done to share or how to do it. I learned by trial and error. People were so kind in teaching me, pointing out what might work better, even suggesting others that might be interested in what I was doing. I love people. I'd written quite a few how-tos, study guides, articles, and literary guides so the writing was not new to me. I asked for suggestions as to what to do with my writing and that's when I learned about unscrupulous, price-gouging vanity publishers. I'm still paying for the unwitting mistakes I made, but they were learning experiences. My less-than-stellar experience with being diagnosed and the first nephrologist are what prompted me to write what is it, and how did I get it? Early-stage chronic kidney disease. Why, I wondered, should any new CKD patient be as terrified as I was? Of course, I constantly remind my readers that I'm not a doctor and they need to consult their nephrologists or renal dietitians before making any changes to their regimen. I didn't feel, well, done with sharing or researching once I finished the book so I began writing a weekly blog, Slow It Down CKD. Well, that and because a nephrologist in India told me he wanted his newly diagnosed patients to read my book, but most of them couldn't afford the bus fare to the clinic, much less a book. I published each chapter as a blog post. The nephrologist translated my posts, printed them and distributed them to his patients, who took the printed copies back to their communities. It would work. But first I had to teach myself how to blog. I made some boo-boos and lost a bunch of blogs until I got it figured out. So why do I keep blogging? There always seems to be more to share about CKD. Each week, I wonder what I'll write. And the ideas keep coming. I now have readers in something like 106 different countries who ask me questions I hadn't even thought of. 
I research for them and respond with a blog post, reminding them to speak with their nephrologists and or renal nutritionists before taking any action. And that I'm not a doctor. The blog has won several awards. Basically, that's because I write in a reader-friendly manner. After all, what good is all my researching if no one understands what I'm writing? Non-tech-savvy readers asked if I could print the blogs, hence, the birth of the Slow It Down CKD series of books. Some people think Slow It Down CKD is a business, it's not. Some think it's a profit maker, it's not. So, what is it you ask? It's a vehicle for spreading awareness of chronic kidney disease and whatever goes along with the disease. Why do I do it? Because I had no idea what it was, nor how I might have prevented the disease, nor how to deal with it effectively once I was diagnosed. I couldn't stand the thought of others being in the same position. One of my daughters taught me about social media. What? You could post whatever you wanted to? And Facebook wasn't the only way to reach the public at large? Hello, LinkedIn. A friend who is a professional photographer asked me why I wasn't using my fun photography habit to promote awareness. What? You could do that? Enter Instagram. My stepdaughters love Pinterest. That got me to thinking and suddenly slow it down CKD had a Pinterest account. Then someone I met at a conference casually mentioned she offers Twitter workshops. What kind of workshops? She showed me how to use Twitter to raise CKD awareness. There's more and you'll get to read it next week. I hope you're enjoying your look into how I entered the world of chronic kidney disease awareness advocacy. Until next week. Keep living your life.